Hey everybody! You are listening to the Creative BioLevs podcast, the show that introduces the basics about stem cells and their broad applications. Please contact us if you have any questions or suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to follow the latest updates. Welcome, dear listeners. Today's sharing guest is still our favorite Dr. Benjamin Smith. Let's give a warm welcome to this famous scientific journal editor. Could you please say hello to the audience, Dr. Smith? Glad to see you again, dear listeners. Thank you for the invitation, Connie. In the last episode, we discussed in vivo retinal neurogenesis in post-hatched chickens. Localization of stem cells to the ciliary margin in the retina of post-hatched chicks was determined using bromodeoxyridine incorporation examination. Additionally, Muller glia was also observed to be labeled after the application of bromodeoxyridine after toxin treatment. Anyway, radial glial cells elsewhere in the developing central nervous system and astrocytes in the mature forebrain can serve as neuronal progenitor cells and stem cells, respectively. Today we turn our attention from the chick to the mammal. And, the growth of mammalian ciliary margin retinal neurospheres will be the central point of our discussion. So, at the very beginning, what would you like to share with us, Benjamin? Several researchers have tried culturing central nervous system tissue in the presence of epidermal growth factor, fibroblast growth factor, or both. It was found that in this case, the tissue produced balls of cells with the capacity to proliferate indefinitely or neurospheres. Neurospheres then gave rise to neurons, astrocytes, and oligodendrocytes. Therefore, neurospheres were identified as being derived from neural stem cells. Several groups have applied these protocols to the retina. Cultures from mouse, rat, human, and bovine ocular tissue have been performed using epidermal growth factor and fibroblast growth factor. The result is that the retinal neurospheres have been recovered. These cells appear to have unlimited proliferative potential, multipotency, and possibly totipotency. Thanks for your introduction. So, in mammals, what is the source of retinal stem cells? The ciliary body of adult mice has the richest source of retinal stem cells. The production of neurospheres in the embryonic day 14 retinal pigmented epithelium and retina and the adult retina, retinal pigmented epithelium, iris, and the ciliary body were examined. This was done in the presence of epidermal growth factor, fibroblast growth factor, or both. Neurospheres capable of proliferating stem cells were not recovered from many tissues. These tissues include the embryonic or adult retina, adult iris, retinal pigment epithelium, and ciliary muscle. Some neurospheres were recovered from the embryonic retinal pigment epithelium. Subdivided, it includes the peripheral margin and the precursor of the ciliary body. In adults, neurospheres were recovered only from the pigment cells of the ciliary body, called the pigmented ciliary margin. You explained it very clearly. Is there any difference in the recovery of retinal stem cells in embryonic and adult tissues? There was indeed some recovery in the retinal pigment epithelium of neurospheres at embryonic day 14. But by comparison, the number of neurospheres recovered in each eye was much higher in the adult pigmented ciliary margin. This strange finding is contrary to what people had predicted. 
It shows that these cells are formed at the end of development rather than at the beginning. Alternatively, some early stem cells expand during the maturation of the pigmented ciliary margin. In fact, stem cells are either rare or difficult to culture. Because less than 1% of mature pigmented ciliary margin-plated cells produce neurospheres in the presence of fibroblast growth factor 2. Neurospheres also appeared without fibroblast growth factor, albeit at a reduced frequency. This is presumably due to the presence of endogenous fibroblast growth factor. Because the addition of anti-fibroblast growth factor antibody reduced the formation of neurospheres. According to your description, pigmented ciliary margin neurospheres originate from the pigmented cells of the ciliary body. So, is the pigment necessary for neurospheres to be stem cells? Some studies have focused on this issue. Some researchers have tested it in albinos. These patients were isolated at a frequency comparable to that of pigmented animals. The retinal pigment epithelium and ciliary body generally do not express one of the retinal progenitor markers, CHX10. However, at the time of the genesis of neurospheres, the cells began to express this retinal marker. If cultured under conditions that favor differentiation, cells turn on markers for photoreceptors, bipolar cells, and glia. However, no markers of amacrine and horizontal interneurons or ganglion cells were seen. Significantly, rhodopsin can be expressed. It is a definitive marker of photoreceptor cells. Neurospheres or neural cell lines derived from other central nervous system locations do not express rhodopsin. Retinal progenitor cells generally do not give rise to oligodendrocytes. Additionally, the oligodendrocyte marker, O4, was not observed. I see. So, how important is CHX10 to stem cells? Studies have shown that CHX10 must be involved in the allocation or regulation of stem cell numbers and pigmented ciliary margins. Specifically, there is a naturally occurring null allele of the paired homeobox gene CHX10 in mutant mice. The retina and retinal pigmented epithelium of such mutant mice are approximately 10 times smaller than those of wild-type mice. Also, mutant mice have expanded ciliary margins. Approximately five times more neurospheres were recovered when cultured from the ciliary limbus of mutant mice. These spheres were approximately one-third the size of wild-type spheres. This is consistent with the finding that CHX10 is required for the full proliferation of retinal progenitor cells. Thank you for the explanation. To my knowledge, the isolation of retinal neurospheres from rat ciliary bodies and post-mortem human and bovine eyes has been reported. Could you tell us more about this? Sure. Rat neurospheres were dependent on fibroblast growth factor too. Also, they could not be recovered from the retina, retinal pigmented epithelium, or the non-pigmented parts of the ciliary epithelium. Retinal stem cells were also isolated from rat's eyes. However, they arise from iris tissue rather than the ciliary margin tissue. The iris and ciliary body are adjacent to each other at the margin of the eye. Iris cells were cultured in the presence of fibroblast growth factor as explants rather than as dissociated cells. Unlike ciliary body cells, cells isolated from the iris did not give rise to neurospheres.
Cells migrated from iris explants could express several neural markers, but they did not express photoreceptor-specific markers. But how could such cells express photoreceptor-specific markers? If cells were transduced with CRX, approximately 10% of cells expressed two markers of photoreceptor cells. These markers are rhodopsin and recoverin. By the way, CRX is a homeobox gene that plays an important role in photoreceptor differentiation. Notably, ciliary body-derived neurospheres can generate cells with the same retinal markers. The difference is that these cells can express rhodopsin without transduction of CRX. This difference may be caused by cultural conditions. Ciliary body-derived cells can grow into spheres. And this environment can support photoreceptor development without CRX transduction. Additionally, ciliary body-derived cells did not express photoreceptor markers when cultured as monolayers. Wow, you explained it so clearly. So, does it mean that we can consider obtaining neurospheres from the ciliary body? Not really. Obtaining tissue from the ciliary body is operationally difficult, and this would come with the risk of damaging the ciliary body. In contrast, iris tissue is readily available for autologous grafts. However, postmortem human and bovine pigmented ciliary margins can produce spheroids at a low frequency. Humans are thus potentially used as a source of donor cells. Such cells would not be as immunocompatible as an autologous graft, but they are still good enough because it is unclear how well-tolerated retinal grafts could be. Indeed. I'm still amazed that the pigmented ciliary body and iris cells are the sources of retinal stem cells. By the way, where might these stem cells reside? It was expected that the periphery of the eye could be an area where stem cells reside because this is where amphibian and fish stem cells are located. In the ciliary marginal zone of amphibians and fish, non-pigmented cells adjacent to the retinal epithelium are located closest to the retina. They produce more retinal cells. However, stem cells have not been recovered from this area in mammals. Another prediction might be that retinal stem cells are retinal pigment epithelial cells. In addition, the retinal pigmented epithelium is strongly plastic during early development in mammals and chicks. Also, the retinal pigmented epithelium retains the ability to generate retinal cells under certain conditions. However, even embryonic retinal pigmented epithelium does not provide many neurospheres under neurosphere culture conditions. So, what exactly are retinal stem cells in adult mammals? The most robust source of retinal stem cells in adult mammals is the ciliary pigment cells. This is contrary to preceding predictions. These cells are close to the retinal pigmented epithelium, but they are not retinal pigmented epithelium cells, at least not functionally. There are no markers that can help define them further. They originate from the outer walls of the optic cup. The inner walls normally give rise to the retina in normal development. However, it should be noted that it is unclear whether iris stem cells originate from the inner or outer wall of the optic cup. While iris stem cells are pigmented, both the inner and outer walls of the optic cup normally form pigment in the iris. Additionally, 
both iris and ciliary body-derived stem cells are pigmented. This could provide a useful marker for their intended separation. You are right. Could you tell us about retinal disease and any treatment options? Of course. Many retinal diseases are caused by degeneration of photoreceptor cells. About 40% of human disease genes causing blindness are rot-specific. However, many of these diseases result in the loss of cone photoreceptor cells. This non-autonomous death of cones is responsible for the loss of daylight and high-acuity vision. Therefore, replacing dead rods or delaying rod death might prevent or slow cone death. Replacing the dying cones themselves is another potential therapeutic approach. This is especially appropriate when the etiology of the disease is unclear. It sounds reasonable. What about the source of these photoreceptor cells? The source of rod or cone photoreceptor cells can be endogenous stem cells. The best case scenario is to stimulate the division of Muller glia distributed through the retina and then induce photoreceptor differentiation. Unfortunately, the generation of photoreceptor cells from Muller glia has not been observed in chicks or mammals. Nonetheless, future studies may lead to a manipulation that stimulates photoreceptor production by Muller glia. Endogenous stem cells in the ciliary body or iris that remain in situ may be a second source of photoreceptor cells. If they can lead to retention of peripheral vision, some therapeutic benefits will be realized. Finally, engraftment of stem cells or photoreceptor cells generated from stem cells outside the body can be attempted. Additionally, iris-derived cells can be used as autographs. Preliminary data on neurosphere transplantation from pigmented ciliary margin are promising. If such cells could form in diseased retinas, there could be two benefits. One is to simply prevent further degeneration of endogenous photoreceptor cells. The second benefit might be that the transplanted photoreceptor cells form synapses with second-order neurons and provide vision themselves. Overall, such a strategy is worth pursuing. There are now stem cells that can be manipulated to generate retinal cells. Our understanding of how retinal cells develop is also advancing. That's very promising. In some animals, Muller cells are a type of retinal stem cell. They stabilize and sustain proliferation and replenish damaged retinal neurons. But in mammals, Muller cells cannot regenerate and cannot enter the cell cycle spontaneously. Moreover, there is not enough evidence to show that regenerated cells derived from Muller cells can improve visual function in mammals. However, retinal neurospheres appear to function as stem cells in mammals. In conclusion, with a clearer understanding of the origin and characteristics of retinal stem cells, more retinal diseases could potentially be treated. Thanks for you sharing, and it was nice talking to you. So, I guess we will end here, and hope you have a great day. Thank you very much. Same for you.